This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Peterson. With me as always, the other host of the Video Junkyard Podcast, Eric O'Branson. Eric, how's it going? Hey. Good. Hey, everybody. Hey, Joe. Um, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Kind of gearing up for the holidays, you know, the back and forth Thanksgiving, Christmas travel. But I've been able to squeeze in watching a couple of movies over the last few weeks. How about yourself? Yeah, same here. We've been uh, pretty busy, but did manage to get in, uh, you know, a couple movies we can talk about for this week and uh, the coming weeks. So yeah, we were, were traveled back home. We're there for a couple days, and then immediately upon returning, we're struck down by illness, and our st- the stomach oh, no. has run rampant through our uh, household. So. That's oh, been gosh. fun dealing with that for the past week or so. so. That that happened to our family last Christmas. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's, everybody came down with the flu. And the only good <laughs> thing that came out of that is it kind of forced me on my ass to rest and yeah. actually watched a whole bunch of movies that I've been meaning to watch. So this time, hopefully, you know, I'm sucks you guys have been laid up, but hopefully it gave you that, forced you to have that time to watch, uh, watch a couple good flicks, I know. Um, absolutely i'm, I'm kind of gearing up to get sick this winter just so i can do that yay <laughs> but, kind of do some makeup work for yeah uh, for the podcast well and just you know for well yeah uh, just in general i mean there's a whole bunch of films attacking your dvd collection because that seems seems to be um something i'm always constantly working on and at, it grows exponentially that is not equivalent to the amount of times i watch things so yeah you know, I'm, I'm at this point years behind i think i've said that before on on the podcast but yeah i may never catch up but really doesn't stop me from buying anymore it doesn't make any sense but i do it anyway so <laughs> yeah well actually in the one that we're gonna we're gonna talk about tonight is is one that i actually dvd i picked up this past summer because i hadn't seen this film in, in quite a long time and i really enjoyed it the first few times i saw it and it was just something i saw once again those five dollar bins Add it to the collection. It's one you didn't know that you needed to have. Uh, but actually, this is one that I do recommend if you're going to have a good science fiction collection. This one should be in it. And this Absolutely. is the 1987 American science fiction horror film, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. They come from a dying world. They drift through the universe, pushed on by the solar winds. They adapt, and they survive. The function of all life is survival. Sleep, sleep, sleep. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. 
It's got no detail, no character. It's unformed. All of a sudden, they're growing like parasites. Is it contagious? People are being duplicated. How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. You can't find anything in here that looks like a body. My side's nosebleed. It looked right at me. You're looking at it as if it was human. It was not human. Now, the classic fear begins to grow. <laughs> We're being cornered. In a modern masterpiece of science fiction. The street. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Get down. Starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Leonard Nimoy. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. This is a, what I would call modern, although it's getting kind of old at this point, but Mm -hmm. certainly a modern classic. Um, And not to be a stickler, but it is 1978, I believe, was the year that, and I think you said 87, just a little dyslexic moment, I assume. But <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, not to... Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, I know that's not actually what dyslexia is, so no, please don't, don't keep your keep the angry letters from... <laughs> no, no, yeah, so 1978, this, um, it, I, I do want to mention also that this is a, a film that's based on the book The Body Snatchers by Jack Finney, and it's actually been made into a, a number of films over the years because it's a really good story, it's one of these yeah. classic science fiction stories that deals with uh, paranoia, I mean, obviously, um, the, the short story, Who Goes There, which was later turned into The Thing from Another World, and then John Carpenter's The Thing, and then the remake sequel thing that came out a few years ago, Thing. Yeah. Um, you know, those all kind of follow a very similar theme in science fiction about, you know, who are you who you say you are, uh, dealing with aliens and so on. But uh, the basic idea here, this is it's, it's a really great film directed by uh, Philip Kaufman, stars Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Veronica Cartwright, Jeff Goldblum, and Leonard Nimoy. Um, it, it pretty much, uh, involves a San Francisco health inspector and his colleague who discover that human beings are being replaced by alien duplicates with each copy perfect to the one that it replaced, but only devoid of human emotion. So there's a lot, I think, you know, culturally and, and socially to unpack from a film like this. Um, but it's also one of the things that makes it something that, uh, you can really relate to when you're watching, at least relate to in the sense of it the responses that the characters are having to this horrifically terrifying situation they're in are things that that people deal with you know and uh to to maybe obviously lesser degrees but uh was this wasn't the first time you've seen this correct no and actually it's not one i've seen many times and it i it wasn't my like later or more recent adult life that i saw it for the first time mm-hmm. and um i have never seen the quote unquote original and like you said it's been it's been uh adapted many times in many different forms over the years but the um 1950s film is a, a, by the same name invasion of the body snatchers i am not familiar with not, not that i'm not familiar with it I, I i'm aware that it exists i can even picture the movie poster in my head but i've not ever seen that one this one i i did see but probably for the first time about four or five years ago when i was lucky enough to acquire a um triple feature dvd set that came with uh alien invasion of the body snatchers and the 
underrated Toby Hooper film, Life Force, which would be a good oh, one to look yeah, for, yeah. for this. But that's a fantastic three-pack if anyone ever comes back upon one of those. I think I got it for like 10 bucks for all three of those movies. Alien being one of my favorites. This becoming one of my favorites very quickly mm-hmm. after seeing it for the first well, time. Well, this so. is this is another one of those films that the more you watch it, the more you catch pop culture references that are used today that reference this film. Uh, you know, there's there's this... Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to the one at the end here in a little bit, but you know, even there's a, there's a great scene when Donald Sutherland's driving down the street in through San Francisco, and he's already kind of catching on that something's going on, and um, uh, this this man runs up to the car and starts screaming about you know invasion and something like that. It's actually Kevin McCarthy, the famous American actor who's been on TV yes. shows, you know, and um, who starred in the original yeah, he, Invasion of the Body he Snatchers. Was, yeah, he was uh, <laughs> Dr. Bennell in the original uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 1956. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there's lots of little little things like that thrown in here. Um, and another even, interesting, I was going to say another interesting little trivia tr- tidbit while we're kind of talking about the the who's and what's of, of the production of the film um the screenplay with this was the novel was readapted for this version of the um for the 1978 version of the film the screenplay was actually written by a writer called named wd richter and if that doesn't sound familiar to you you might recognize his name from another episode of the video junkyard podcast he is actually the filmmaker who directed the adventures of buckaroo bonsai oh, that's right yeah so <laughs> yeah uh weird connection there but wd richter was primarily a writer for most of his career and bonsai is one of the only films he actually directed i believe but okay um just a, a fabulous screenplay so well and philip kaufman the director of this too uh has had quite a career i mean he he even some stuff into the 90s he directed michael Crichton's uh, rising sun uh, Evasion of the Body Snatchers was one of his more uh, famous ones, but he also did The Wanderers, which gave him a bit of a cult following in the in 1979. But the the real big one is the movie The Right Stuff about yeah. the about the yeah. uh, Mercury missions. Um, yes, that you know that got him, uh, I think, a nomination for Best Picture or something like that. So he um, pretty good director, kind of behind this uh, this vehicle too. And Jeff Goldblum and Leonard Nimoy, kind of really in their their youth. This was, uh, you get the impression this was back when Jeff Goldblum was being cast in things to be something of a sex symbol. Um, yeah, and maybe you know, <laughs> I which mean, there was a period of time that that was a common thing. I think it's starting to come. Yeah, back I mean, a I think bit. we talked about that a little bit when we were talking about the fly back in. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has that like leading man potential and charisma and, and and it's it's kind of funny that he's become a little bit of a i don't want to say a joke because i don't think anybody it doesn't think he's a really talented guy but I mean, he's kind of become his own self-reference almost like christopher walken was later was yeah was that's later, late, very later his career very true. and such yeah um, and that's a shame too because i think goldblum is actually a very good actor and it's as much as i enjoy seeing him oh, in yeah. his little parts in movies and stuff um, you know, like he's kind of, it's, there's a, there's a bit of an irony having Jeff Goldblum play a character in a film nowadays, because it's just, like you said, it's very self-referencing and, and, and it's comedic relief. Just, you know, I liked Thor Ragnarok, but that's kind of what his character was, was like, ah, it's Jeff Goldblum is the zany guy. And then the other, yeah. you know, <laughs> he does, he does episodes of Portlandia and oh, he's the zany guy. And it's kind of the same thing all the time now. But in this one, he yeah. actually does give a really good performance you know again this is the yeah the, the 70s to the 80s even in the 90s he was giving really really good performances 
yeah, the cast in this is incredible. Um, the movie is just generally incredible, and and I wish that I kind of wish I had time to sit down and watch the the '56 version of it because I would like to do a little comparison. Mm-hmm. So I've heard in its own right, that's a very good film as well. Yeah, kind of like what um, we did with Cape Fear. Yeah, 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 and um, but yeah, there's something about this that's very much. I think reflective, like we, we talked about, and I, this, this is going to go back to the Cape Fear episode as well, but we talk a lot, of, uh, we've talked a lot about the fact that um, remakes aren't always, you know, this, this dirty word or a terrible thing that um, sometimes we kind of sound like they are when we talk about remakes yeah. in modern Hollywood and such. Uh, but this is certainly a remake or at least a re-envisioning of something that had been a very popular film in the 50s. And um, it's you know an incredible movie and an improvement or at least at least a modernization so like like we were talking about the two cape fear films they are both good movies in their own right but they're both very much of their time and there's things that are um i would say that's the case with this as well even without having seen the 56 film this movie is very much of its time the paranoia and the um you know kind of stuck in the middle of cold war america and um yeah, so it's well. What I really liked about this too is that you know they don't really they don't dance around it too much. You know, they, there's dialogue in here where the uh, where, where Brooke Adams is is you know concerned about her husband, um, and she's saying like it's like it's him, but it's not him, and it's it's like he's just he's emotionless, and you know so you're seeing it in. In, uh, in how it's affecting a relationship between two people, you know, you're looking at like mm-hmm. I- isolation in in a marriage or something like that, and you know how when you talk about an entire society becoming this way, it becomes a statement about you know uh, you know conformity and things like that. So there's and this is all in the source material, but right, it's really uh, it's just really kind of interesting to see how I think that's why this type of story, why the original why this remake and you know why the thing and it's other alien movies that are about taking over someone why they have this kind of staying power you know it's, yeah well it, and I, I think a lot of it plays on kind of an innate fear that human beings have of of otherness and not just that we're afraid of of things that are you know the other or different from us but also that we're afraid of being that so we're afraid of being outside um, you know, that yeah. kind of fear that you wake up in the morning and your whole world has changed and everybody, you know, is different or everybody's in on the secret and you're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really a, a ba- it's, it's balancing that fear of, of conformity and isolation or assimilation and isolation yet at the same time. It's, it's kind of weird, right? It goes, you know, there's aspects of both of this. Uh, in that you're right in the not being included or being different than everyone else there's that isolation feeling but that kind of comes through here in some weird ways um but i also think it talks especially in the the main character brooke adams character uh and um her husband that it kind of dissects a relationship that's kind of coming to an end naturally or anyway and then to have that kind of like um a very like real life moment of you know being trapped in a relationship or being in a relationship and being like realizing like hey i don't really i don't know this person anymore or you know something along those lines is definitely a very real without you know without the sci-fi elements is a very real thing that i think people um 
you know, in a, in a relationship that's either, you know, bad or ending or, mm-hmm. you know, going through a, a tough time have, have felt. I mean, that's something that you, you do. You This person that you should know so well or so very familiar to you is all of a sudden, you know, you come to this realization that, like, I don't know this person the way I thought I did or, you know, whatever. I feel differently or things have changed. And, well, and I think that's um, one of the things that makes this so scary. I mean, legitimately, this is a pretty scary movie. Um, you know, with, This is a terrifying yeah. movie and in, in, in a very, like... I guess a very cerebral way. Like uh, there, there are there are moments of it. It kind of has a little bit of everything going for it because there are surely moments of actual like terror on screen. There are moments of you know great kind of gross special effects that work really well and are yeah. kind of get under your skin. But then, yeah, the general tone of the movie is just so paranoid and so kind of overwhelming. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it it is. It's a really really frightening film. Well, and, you know, even with, I think, because, like we were saying, that the themes that it's touching on are things that are relatable to so many people, but now this has taken it to an extreme. I mean, you think about how most most sci-fi or horror films, when, you know, the, 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 the protagonist figures something out and they're trying to tell everybody and nobody believes them because it's too outrageous, right? Right. In, in this case, nobody believes her at first because it's so common. You know, mm-hmm. like what she's saying is like, oh, my husband's acting like a totally different person. Well, yeah, maybe assumes, you know, you're going through some relationship an affair issues. Or, right, yeah, right. Like, they, they, it, it's so it's a, a different kind of fear. It's not Donald like Sutherland drops the light and maybe he's become a Republican. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's a really, like I said, like I said, it's a scary movie. So <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. you know, but no, I think, um, you know, those are the kind of things that, that I started picking up watching this. Like, okay, so we have a, a theme that's common in, in films. You know, like the the whole, I know something and nobody believes me. And it's it's a big deal, you know, end of the world kind of situation or an invasion kind of situation. Then usually people don't believe them because they're like, aliens, get out of here. But in this case, it's the it's it's more subtle in that way. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's an interesting, just to, to back up to the main like premise of the film... I've always found it a little more frightening and maybe not frightening, but like um, when you talk about alien invasion that starts kind of at a cellular level, like not a great comparison, but like we were talking about the movie, the deadly spawn kind of starts off that way as well. Um, But when you talk about it starting at like a cellular level like that, there's something about that that just is a little more plausible to my brain for some reason. Like, it just all of a sudden seems that much more real um, to me. And I don't know. I think it just because, I mean, who knows? Like, you can't really say one one form of alien invasion is more likely than another. It's all, at this point, and, you know, human mm-hmm. history is is uh, all fictional. But something about it seems a little more plausible. So I think that adds to what why it's so frightening. Because these... these you know this this species invading the planet starts off as you know cellular plant spores yeah. gets inside of you know people's bodies and starts uh taking over actually i mean growing people out of pods eventually at the point of it's a i don't know if it's if this novel was the source of the kind of pod people um thing that popped up you know all over the yeah. place in the 1950s but uh, certainly it's one of them if it's not the original source but. well and yeah i mean you're so it's this gelatinous kind of amorphous alien thing that travels through space and you're right the first thing it assimilates are plant spores and plants and then flowers and then everybody starts picking the flowers i mean there's i i was even watching this you know 
thinking about like how could I use this as an example for like when teaching evolution or something like that in a class, you know, because it, it actually goes through some of these stages, these evolutionary stages, what it go what type of organisms it starts to assimilate. And the other thing that I, I find really effective about the tone of this film is there's this impending dread the entire film. You know something uh, that you know most of the other cast doesn't or the characters don't. You know that what she's saying is much worse than everybody thinks it is, right? You know that there's yeah. some kind of invasion going on. And even towards the end, when more and more people have been assimilated and there are all these mindless drones carrying pods and stuff, the the scene with the dog, yeah, the weird alien, so essentially the, the alien happens to have <laughs> also assimilated a dog and like a, some, like a homeless guy, right, who has well, the yeah, dog. Well, yeah, and, and in, in a scene, Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams... Um, step over well in the, the guy the homeless man and his dog pop up outside of donald sutherland's office like three or four times he has a very short conversation with him and um, yeah you know kind of tosses him some money so he's like a you know a, a fixture a character you're familiar with because he appears three or four times on on screen and then there's a scene when they're kind of sneaking out of the the building i believe yeah step over the two of the the dog and the man sleeping which mm -hmm. sleeping in this film <laughs> that's when they start to the the aliens start to replicate your body you as a person all of your energy is kind of sucked out of you and you don't fall asleep so sleeping is a good sign that you know they're becoming victims of the yeah of the alien uh, invasion you, you, so then during a kind of the climax of the film you see that the aliens have in fact produced a facsimile of this guy and his dog but they're they're one so it's the dog running around with the guy's face. And it looks, yeah. it's weird, it's creepy. There's even this like bizarre banjo music that just starts playing. So it's almost mm -hmm. like, it's not supposed to be funny, and it's not really funny, but it's like humorous, but it's just so bizarre and so horrific. Especially coupled with the whole concept of the scene is that these people who haven't been assimilated are trying to just pretend like they have no emotion as they're walking mm -hmm. around among among the clones or among the, the, the copies. And then all of a sudden, this mutant dog runs by, and this woman lets yeah. out a scream, and then all oh, it outs her that she actually does have emotion. But it also is really effective on the audience because that's the first time you're really seeing like, I mean, you've already seen people becoming copied. You've seen the gelatinous human-like forms and stuff. You've seen people coming out of big pods, but monsters, right? This kind yeah. of well, and it's, I think it's it points so out weird. the the inhumanity of the invasion threat is because they don't, you know, on a, yeah. on a level of DNA can't, you know, di differentiate between dog and man at that, you know, when they took over the, you know, started growing that creature. So, yeah, um, yeah, think... it, it does. It kind of puts, that's the imagination going to what other kind of hybrid possibilities are there in yeah. um, this situation. Yeah. And I actually wrote down like kind of the exact same thing that um, the, I, I my li literal quote from my note is the man dog is terrifying. still one of the most unsettling effects I've seen. <laughs> so yeah, like, especially uh, because it's not really the most convincing effect. Like, yeah. this movie, for its time, was really good. A lot of the effects still hold up really, really well today. The opening sequence is gorgeous. Yeah, um, there's a lot of really incredible I but, mean, effects and camera. Yeah, um, that that one's a little yeah. jerky. It's a little weird, but it, it makes it really unsettling. It, it actually yeah, contributes to it being really Yeah, I think the unsettling is the best word I can come up with for it, because, yeah. yeah, it just... And you it know is what? Really, it's... really creepy, and it kind of happens like you. You're, and you're, you're, if you're paying attention to the movie, you get it right away because you, you're familiar with the man right. and his dog. But um, 
It is. It's really a terrifying moment. And it just gets thrown out there like that. I mean, it's used effectively. It's not just like a jump scare. They actually use the reaction and stuff to drive the story. But, um, you know, to to take it to the next scene. But it is, uh, it's thrown at you so quickly. And it's gone so quickly. It's, uh, you know, it's almost like a, I don't want to say it's like a spliced thing you know a frame into a film but it has the same kind of effect like you you blink and you miss it really it's really kind of quick um yeah and uh, it yet it's something that i forget every time i revisit this film it always catches me off guard like oh shit the dog scene <laughs> and, you know it just kind of jumps yeah, out i had actually like kind that. of and I'd, I'd seen this one a couple times and i i had i always kind of forget that's there um i also forgot that the the length of time spent on the special effects scene where uh donald sutherland's character um falls asleep in the garden of his house and the pods start to replicate or grow a copy of his body well actually everybody's body that's in the house at the time um i forgot that that was like a i mean it's close to five minute special effects sequence and the special effects are pretty incredibly convincing yeah um and again very um something about the effects in this movie are just we use the word unsettling and i think that's just a great description for them is they're just kind of get under your skin and just kind of give you a little of those <laughs> kind of uh but but um, at the same time moments not and it's not over the it's top. not fully played for gross out yeah it's not necessarily but yeah it, it certainly gives you the it's yeah i don't know yeah it's not cronenberg i mean no 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 not necessarily like it's not people's skin melting off or like you said it's it's not played over the top it's it's actually played for i think um perfectly for a sci-fi film like yeah uh, played for plausibility and and realism as much as possible in a film in 1978 so yeah yeah i mean this is uh yeah i still have to i think i've seen the original one or at least parts of it uh, again, there's some really classic lines and scenes from that one too that you see pop up in, in other movies and in pop culture and st- as well. Um, but yeah, and I know there's also been some kind of low-budget uh, direct-to-video remakes of this story, at least of the, from the same book. Uh, actually, another one that I watched recently, just just to mention it because it's along kind of the same theme, though some differences still, is uh, Robert Rodriguez's film *The Faculty* which has oh, okay. some yeah. similar tones to it. You know, that one's, again, aliens taking people over, but instead of replicating them, those are just like little earworm thingies. But um, but de- if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I don't think it actually copies them. But, yeah, this is one, it's the it's the, the replication that makes it so, uh, so interesting and so creepy. Yeah, and the, the fact that generally they are able to behave like human beings uh, only the people that are closest to you know the victims or the, the replicants are going to notice that it's not actually the person that you know it was right the last time you saw them um so yeah it's, it's kind of like you see it in a lot of sci-fi it's, it's a bit of a sci-fi trope but like that an, an invading alien species you know understands enough about a human being to to replicate it but doesn't necessarily understand the um behavioral cues it would need to convince somebody you know close to close to that person that it was you know the actual human being but yeah yeah and and i don't know it's it's one of those movies that i would say is just people should uh definitely go out and check out this one's not necessarily just for people that like you know cult horror films i think this is a generally um 
although I, I will admit it's an uncomfortable movie because it is, um, I think from, from the get go, just the, the kind of level of paranoia and the, um, like you said earlier, you're, you're in on the, I, you know that all of this stuff is true and happening. So, um, kind of the scope of the whole thing it's 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 kind of an i wouldn't say it's not a pleasurable watch but it, it's it's intense at times. it is uh, and it, i mean this it's been considered one of the greatest modern science fiction films ever made mm-hmm. i mean i know that the chicago film critics institute have it as the 59th scariest film ever made um but even uh even recently, I was reading, um, I, this is all, some of the stuff listed on the, the Wikipedia page for the, the film, but just this year, in 2018, Complex uh, reviewed it and ranked it as, as one of the greatest science fiction films of all times. Their quote, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is doubly impressive. It both improves on the 56 film and Jack Finney's literary source, excuse me, source material with a scarier disposition and more layered character development. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. No, and I think that's exactly what, like, like we were talking about with good remakes. Like, what what do you do to make a remake a film and make it good as you you make a film from, you know, you, know, you don't do what Gus Van Sant did with Psycho and reshoot a movie that's, you know, 45 years old at the time when he did it, and shot for shot, and no, you, you, you want to approach it from, you're making the movie for the modern audience, you're telling a story that takes place in, you know, your contemporary world, so you're dealing with issues that people are concerned about in the contemporary world. So I think that's this one hits that on the head. Um, it's just diving, you know, 1978, it's just diving into kind of what's going to become the beginning of the, the probably the uh, peak of um, the Cold War. So uh, the paranoia about invasion, um, especially uh, invasion that's kind of under the radar like this, is like one of the peak fears, I think, and especially in American society at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's not that these things weren't present in, you know, the 50s version as well, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, in the, you know, because of its, um, it's being a lot historically closer to like the era of McCarthyism and such, I suppose it still probably plays off of a lot of that uh, as well, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I notice a lot of that in films from the late 70s, early 80s is conformity assimilation you know these are all kind of popular themes um mm-hmm. i mean look at even romero's dawn of the dead you know the, yeah. the whole yeah. i i still love the the you know the subtlety of a sledgehammer <laughs> with the oh you mean so people just instinctively go to a mall to consume okay yeah i get it you know <laughs> it, it's it's great though and and the same there's a lot of so i think that's one of the reasons why this was um so successful um, not just yeah. financially and critically, but successful as they successfully accomplished this, uh, making a really good film in this case, by um, using a theme that worked really well for the time in which it came out, modifying it, like you said, for a contemporary at the time. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I think that's something that we still kind of consider. I know that when I'm sitting around watching an older film, or, you know, not older, older, but something, you know, 20 or 30 years older, um, how would this be different if it was remade contemporarily, if it was made today? Or could it be? You know, there are some films that, you know, the, the presence of a cell phone pretty much just fixes the problem right there, you know? <laughs> so yeah. your movie's over. Um, this one, I think, could still work. 
Oh yeah, I think so. I think it's tapping into something that's just a, a kind of a basic human fear. So, I mean, you can kind of change the circumstances, but as long as you're still tapping into that kind of base uh, paranoia of, you know, they're, they're all out to get you type <laughs> um, right. fear, I, I think this could really be remade in any era. Yeah, I mean, there'd be history, some, there'd be some fun kind of things to play around with, like, you know, oh, Eric hasn't been acting like himself lately, he hasn't posted on Facebook in days. You know, things like that. Or Facebook posts become very, you know, like, everything is fine. <laughs> Just, <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> nobody's arguing on Facebook anymore. It must be the invasion of the body statues. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they'd have to work things like that in. But I think, you know, even the the stuff that they incorporate into this that was is very kind of niche late 70s. You know, there's the whole kind of subplot going on there with the, the mud bath parlor. Yeah. Which was a thing. Yep. It, which is, it seems like a weird thing, but I guess that was a thing that was semi-popular in, in metropolitan areas back then. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I believe is dated to the point where when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, you know, was this enough of a thing to, for this to be? But I guess, I guess it yeah, was. So. But, but apparently, yeah. So, but And I, I always thought what was really brilliant about this story, too, is kind of what is, you know, we, we mentioned this a little bit before, but the thing that's kind of bringing this all along is... Uh, you know, it's starting out with these little spores, but it's the flowers, right? People bringing mm -hmm. the flowers into their home, and it kind of goes from there. Which you know, So there's a slight element of plants will kill you kind of a thing in, a, in an offshoot kind of way. So not not going to say it's a direct tie to, like, you know, Day of the Triffids, but which right. would be another fun one to cover, too, at some point. Yeah. Nice. Not enough so... killer plant movies. <laughs> Yeah, and just just real quickly before we wrap this up and get a kind of a score on this thing, I just wanted to the the movie itself is like very, and we we touched on it, but now I wanted to get back to like just it's a very very well made film, at least in my opinion, like well crafted. Um, all the seeds are kind of planted in in the beginning of <laughs> no no pun intended, but in the beginning of um uh and, and things play out very nicely throughout the script but also from a like direction and the way it, it just looks and feels it's very stylish um as the movie gets more and more as things you know the characters become more and more paranoid and the um kind of situation gets out of out of their control the visual style of the film changes so um, you, you see a lot of, you know, kind of what you might call a Dutch angle for cameras. And um, all of a sudden the camera work is a little more frenetic and handheld. And um, I don't know, it's just, just very well thought out, well, well made film. Yeah. And I mean, it, one of the reviews I read about it uh, argued that it's a little too long. I'm like, it runs about 115 minutes. It's really not yeah, it, that I didn't long. I not feel like it was real long at all. Like, no. And, and there's, be there's, a, it. It's not all, you know, sci-fi gore the entire time. It's really a good story build. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, at least it kept me interested the entire time. Absolutely, yeah. I would, I would never. I don't feel like there was a point at all in this where you could say that it got boring or like the pace was too slow for the story. It's, yeah. Now I, I disagree with that review. But <laughs> so if you could give this thing a grade, what, what do you think? Um, I think this is a, I really didn't say anything negative about it. I'm going to say a B plus movie. It doesn't land on like my top 10 best ever list necessarily, but 
um what you were saying whatever magazine ranked it like 59th scariest movie of all time is certainly as deserving of that i feel like it's an incredibly well made movie um it is very very scary it is um very well performed very well made uh, very well written i don't know yeah I, I think it's a solid i'm gonna stick with that b plus i think i'm actually gonna go with 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 an a it's like just kind of a solid a it's uh it's a movie that still holds up. It's very effective. Um, it, it's a, a successful execution of this of, of, of doing this story. Um, and you know something I said I was going to bring up and I didn't, but this is a good time to is the end shot of that movie is oh, yeah. one of the most chilling things I've seen. Um, and it, when you see it, you'll probably have seen that it's been referenced many times before. But <laughs> yeah, the sound yeah, it... and the, the just I think just. Yeah, like wow, that's new it, nightmare the, fuel for me. Is just Don, waking up to see Donald Sutherland just like making that face. <laughs> <laughs> the end of this movie is a gut punch, a bit like the first time you see the original yeah. Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I obviously we're, we're pretty spoiler heavy here, but yeah, just the the, the way it kind of leaves you with that kind of overwhelming sense of hopelessness at the end of it it's just it very much reminded me of the way i felt the first time i saw um night of the living dead so yeah yeah i i know i think this uh i know that that shot has been parodied at least once on south park um no yeah there's been a hundred yeah different parodies of that i'm sure so yeah definitely definitely one of my favorite science fiction films uh i would i don't again i don't know if it put in my top 10 but that's only because i don't think i've ever put together a top 10 um but it, it would be if not in it it's pretty damn close um for science yeah. fiction films it's it's one of my one of my all-time favorites so i'm really always always happy to uh review this review and rewatch this one so uh, but we've got a couple other other fun ones coming up here pretty soon on the show. Um, we've got uh, some. I don't know. We've got one film that actually the next actually the next two films we're going to be talking about on the show are ones that I had not seen prior to uh, viewing for for the podcast. So those will be um, those will be some interesting discussions. I had some some uh, a variety of opinions on the, the next two films. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of, lot of really fun stuff coming up, especially end of this year. We're going to have our Christmas special, um, which we're going to be reviewing a entire... Should we just let the cat out of the bag? Because people are going to pretty much yeah, might as well. be able to guess what that is. But we're going to be retiring, yeah, reviewing the entire Silent Night, Deadly Night series um, in our second Forgotten Franchise episode, which will come out right around Christmas, if not on Christmas Day. Yeah. So, um, and then going into the new year we have kind of a nice variety of stuff everything from you know um kind of quirky comedy stuff to television drama to um fantasy um man we're all over the place in the beginning yeah. of the year next year so it's gonna be a lot of fun well and a lot of these uh, are we'll be stretching out a little bit with what we what we're doing here on the show so yeah and actually a lot of the ones that we're going to be talking about at the top of the year are um a lot of those are our listener recommendations at least a yes, couple that's of them true too. Yeah, sorry. We should definitely recommend, or we should definitely mention that yeah. it is um, things that we have had recommendations from listeners. So he just said that, so I don't need to say it again. But anyway. <laughs> so, 
Well, I think that kind of wraps it up for uh, tonight's episode. So, highly recommend Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And feel free to drop us a line on uh, social media, especially something like Facebook, where we got our Facebook group. Um, have you yes, seen please. any other version of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers or uh, any of the other kind of films that were kind of based around the same storyline and source material? What are your thoughts? Uh, feel free to drop us a line and let us know what you think. Yep, sounds good. I uh, always am looking forward to more um, and feedback and whatever. If you guys um, have any thoughts about anything, even uh, movies that remind you of Invasion of the Body Snatchers or what we're talking about, so let us know what you're thinking. All right, so that wraps it up for us. This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Joe Peterson. This is Eric O'Branson. Have a good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs>